Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today Avery Weiler is my guest. Avery founded Freely Fit Coaching, and she is a nutrition coach and a personal trainer as well. I loved talking to Avery because she's younger, right? Avery is 25, and I wanted to get a fresh perspective on nutrition and training from someone that wasn't as old as me. I've been talking to a lot of women in their 40s, and I think that is fantastic, but a lot of the women that I work with have kids, and while we may not have kids who are 25 yet, Avery grew up with a mother who was very much in the wellness industry. And we talk about what it was like having a mom who was active, who was focused on what she ate and and what she took away from that experience. Avery also talks about, you know, the, the common hurdles that she has with her clients, which are the same hurdles that I have with my clients, but she shares her perspective on why women who are in their 40s and 50s, why we have had such a rough go of it, and also why we have hope for further generations. So I love this episode because you're going to get a fresh perspective. You're going to hear some repeat information, but I love that because it really helps drive home the fact of what matters most of what actually works. And then also you'll see how your actions and the way that you speak to yourself influences those people who are closest to you. Um, whether that is kids that you have or, you know, younger siblings or perhaps it's people in your office. But the way you speak to yourself, the way that you treat yourself has an even bigger impact than just on you. So I know you're going to love this episode. Make sure you check out Avery on Instagram at Avery Weiler and add her coaching page, Freely Fit Coaching. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Far From Perfect, everyone. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today... We're going to shift gears. Avery, you know that I'm in my 40s and I've been talking to a lot of other 40-year-old women lately. <laughs> like I'm ready for a fresh perspective. So today we are talking to Avery Weiler and she is the owner of Freely Fit Coaching. Avery, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the past, but this is this is the most bizarre thing ever and we have to show how small the world is. Because I don't know how I have found you on social media. I don't know. I'm not, I don't really think it was from your mom. <laughs> I don't think it was. So Avery, when, when I first moved to Denver, Colorado from Texas, I was practicing Bikram yoga and I would go to this really cool Bikram studio. It was by the mall and I was living my dream life because I was unemployed or fun employed. I was fun employed and I could go to yoga at nine o'clock in the morning because I didn't have a job. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and that is where I met Avery's mom. She was one of the amazing instructors at this studio. And the, the her mom would bring her kids to the studio. So I would see you and your brother and you had to have been what, like eight years old? Yeah. 
So I knew Avery, but I mean, I didn't know, know her, but I would see her and I saw you and your long ass legs. I was like, Who is this little girl that's all legs? And now you're a grown woman. Now you're 25. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. How did you get to this point? So you're the owner of Freely Fit Coaching. You're a nutrition coach and a trainer. You offer both, right? Mm-hmm. How did you get into this? So really my story actually also starts back in yoga because I did not have a normal childhood where I like went through, you know, soccer and dance and gymnastics. I was such a mama's girl. I was by her side at all times. And like, I had zero interest in doing sports. So she also had zero interest in dropping her daughter off anywhere and being left alone because we were like this. So I didn't do sports. I was not athletic. And when she started teaching yoga, I was seven. So I did probably meet you when I was like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And I started going to class with her. And so for a really long time, I did just the floor series. So we would come in halfway through class. I'm sure you probably remember that. My mom would, you guys would get to the floor. My mom would open the door and she'd be like, it's time to come in. You probably also remember a couple of times, maybe she would run out of the studio and answer, open the door and scold us and be like, I can hear you guys. And we would get in trouble. Um, but really that's what started my own fitness journey was starting yoga and doing it because I had to, because I had to be there. So I did yoga until I was 13, 14. When when I was in eighth grade, I started playing volleyball. And then all through high school, I played school volleyball. And I was too cool for yoga. I was too cool for anything else. I was obsessed with playing sports at that point. But I also like started my own fitness journey really late in life because the only thing that I was really doing was yoga. Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing you know, volleyball, and I was not as good as everyone else, I eventually got cut my junior year. And I was like, this was my whole identity for the last like two and a half years of my life. Like, what do I, what do I do? Who am I? All my friends still play. So I played club and I was really obsessed with like one-upping all of the reps and all of the sets, because I knew that if I wanted to be as good as everybody else, I had to put in extra effort because I didn't have that past experience. So they would do 10, I would do 12. They would do 12, I would do 15. Like everything that I did was focused on the training side of things inside of practices. And ultimately that's what got me interested in feeling good because at first I'd be like, oh, this is the worst part. Like conditioning sucks, I hate it. But then that was like, okay, I'm gonna have to suck it up because this is this is what I wanna do. Um, And then when I got to college, I was like, okay, I'm terrified of the freshman 15. Mm -hmm. That was something I had seen a lot of girls come back to school from, especially that I played volleyball with. And they went from being super athletic and I looked up to them. They were so fit to unhealthy and heavier and not looking like themselves and not feeling like themselves. And you could see that confidence change. And I was so scared of that. And so at the time I worked at the gym, just in the child center, I've always loved kids. And that's just like where I spent my time. Um, I had zero interest in being in the gym at all. And then when I got to that place where I was like, I'm so scared, I have to do something. I started following like fitness influencers on Instagram, YouTubers. um, And I started going to the gym with a bunch of like the younger boys who worked at the gym with me. And that was when I did, you know, like kickbacks on the stair stepper and lightweights, high rep and cardio every single day, stretching every single day. I wasn't really following any type of programming. Long story short, I basically realized that after years of doing that, I did not see any progress. (laughs) So I had to figure out how to 
to do that myself. And ultimately, I thought that I was following all these people on social media who were putting out reputable information. And maybe that was the reputable information back then, but it wasn't truly reputable. And so what I did was I started doing my own personal training certification with zero interest in becoming a coach. It was just so that I could learn how to train and how to eat. So I did that. I took college courses, like pretty much my degrees in strategy and entrepreneurship, but I started filling in the gaps with all these classes I was more interested in because of my interest in fitness. So I did anatomy and physiology, human genetics, nutrition, and that's where I started learning. And like everything that I was just doing and everything that I was just taught online is like not at all the same as what I was taught. And so basically my mission became, how can I show women how to condense all of the time that I wasted and all of the fear that I had into a six month or a year long journey rather than a seven year journey and $10,000 worth of college courses and investing in my own certifications and my own coaches to be able to do the same thing that I did and just make it really stupid simple for everybody. Wow, this is amazing. (laughs) And what I love the most is you're able to catch these women earlier than when I caught them because you are, you definitely learned. I think you, you learned really quickly. I'm, it's just amazing that you're like, hmm, this isn't right. (laughs) (laughs) It took me two years, honestly. Like I was in the gym probably six, seven days a week for two full years before I was like, what is going on? Like, what is wrong? And that's when I was like, okay, eventually I'm going to have to just figure it out by myself. I tend to naturally be that person. I'm like, I'm going to seek out information myself, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people do think like, there's so many people that are making progress. There's so much information out there. I might as well just trust it and try it. Mm -hmm. And I think I just had a little bit of a different experience because I came in during that gap of like, there wasn't reputable information and I could start to see that because of the schooling that I went through. Absolutely. When did you start college? What year? Um, let's see. I graduated in 20, I finished high school in 2015 okay. and I graduated college in 2018. So I was only there for three years, but I packed those three years full of nutrition and training and human coursework. Wow. This is awesome. So I want to back up just a sec um, because clearly your mother was into fitness and being healthy. And a lot of the women I work with, they're worried about what they're doing, what message that sends to their kids. Like, what if my kid sees me weighing my chicken? What does it mean if I say no to this and I choose my workout over something else? And they're worried that it might come off as obsessive. So what was your experience with a mother who was actually in the fitness industry? Yeah. So my mom and I have talked about this publicly on a podcast before as well. And this is something that she and I have had many conversations about privately too. But my mom came from the modeling industry before she was ever in the fitness industry. So when you know anything about gymnastics, dance, modeling, all of those industries are riddled with diet culture, almost worse than like even just regular societal diet culture. So, you know, they tell you to eat 
crackers to lose weight. They tell you to just eat an apple. So my mom already naturally came from a very, very skinny background and was still told that she needed to be skinnier and smaller to be on runway. Mm -hmm. And so my mom already had a poor relationship with food before she was a mom. Mm -hmm. And she was also growing up in that time where, you know, women who are in their forties and fifties, I personally think come from the worst that diet culture ever was because now it's publicly shown that there are different opinions and it's talked about a little bit more, but like for you guys, and obviously I wasn't there to know that, but what I have seen of what was taught and what I see in magazines and the workout videos that you guys followed and things like that, that's all that there was. So you didn't know that there was a difference. And so my mom, same thing. She didn't really understand that there was a healthier, better way to live life. And when she got into yoga, a lot of that was to heal her spine, but she didn't ever do it to lose weight or to focus on her nutrition. Mm -hmm. So a lot of her nutritional focus still came from that modeling industry that she came from. And then when you do get into yoga, especially in an environment that's very like Boulder is a little bit granola and they like really healthy foods and there are health stores and there is a lot of focus and emphasis on clean eating, it can become a little bit obsessive. And so my mom picked up a combination of that obsessiveness with healthy eating and the modeling industry obsessiveness that she previously had. So basically I grew up in a household where we would go to Costco and the rule was you can't ask for things if it has, you know, corn syrup or dyes or sugar, or like I had to read labels at like eight, nine years old and know that I could ask for that food or that I couldn't. And I think a lot of people don't even realize like, okay, that's not that bad to give your kids, you know, healthier ingredient foods or to teach them how to read food labels. But for me, what I realized was I, what, what it was to me as a young kid is I can't have these foods, but my friends can. So when I go to their house, I'm going to binge on all of these foods that they get because that's my only opportunity and my only chance to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I picked up unhealthy habits from her unhealthy habits just based on the restriction that was in my household. Gotcha. Yeah. That now did that carry over? I feel like, um, anytime I talk to a coach, I talk very openly about my own personal disordered eating and dysfunctional relationship with exercise. Did you ever go through that phase? I did, but I feel like it was different because my mom was so open with her relationship with food. My mom is a very open person and we always have had really good conversation. And so her telling me her past with you know, disordered eating and with the modeling industry and just caring about wanting us to be healthy, I could see that her intentions were good. And it also took for me to be, you know, 18 years old and to learn all of that on my own to bridge the gap between the two of them for me to understand where I needed to be. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important that we do talk to our kids about this stuff. We're doing it to educate them. And I'm very open with my son as well. And I want him to be able to make the best decisions that he can for himself. That's why I don't put restrictions on what he can eat because I know exactly what happens. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you primarily work with? What's your type of client? Who do you see? 
So this is where this part comes really into play. And it's super special to me because while I didn't personally have an eating disorder, I watched my mom have an eating disorder and I picked up disordered eating tendencies. So a majority, probably 80 to 90% of the women that we do work with come from restrictive dieting behaviors or restrictive dieting in general, or have had a past with eating disorders. We do also have a coach on the team who is a medical nutritionist. So if they have an active eating disorder, Obviously, there's a scope there and we have to draw a line and we do refer out, but we do work with women who come from eating disordered pasts as well. Um, and a majority of our women have at least some kind of altered relationship with food. Isn't that, I mean, it's almost, it's the norm. It is. Which I, I think the work that you're doing, I think that's helping to shift the narrative and hopefully, you know, the next generation, they won't maybe they won't have those same hurdles. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm hopeful. Yeah. And what I, what I think is so cool and what's really drawn me to the content that I see on your page is like, I don't see anyone in their forties talking about this still. Like I think, and even still we've had women who are in their thirties and forties work with us who come from the exact same mindset and the exact same thought patterns. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that society gave that to you guys a little bit more and our parents more gave it to us than society did because we pick up the things that we see our parents do right so moms who we watch pick apart themselves in the mirror all the time telling themselves that they're too fat or that they're not worthy like that's the kind of stuff that we pick up from our parents mm -hmm. you guys pick that up from society and that comes to us as a different generation and that's going to also then be portrayed into the next generation that we raise so what's really cool to see is like you are still speaking to a group of women who maybe have never been taught differently in their entire life whereas the women that I get to speak to they've seen a little bit of both sides they still majority of the time see the same side that you and I are talking about food freedom and healing your relationship with food and implementing a little bit of balance into your meals where a lot of women still have never experienced that before. But I do think that over time and the more that you and I share information like we do, it relieves a lot of the stress and pressure in society and creates less of a norm for that. So you're changing a generation. I'm helping change a generation. And then the next generation hopefully doesn't have to experience this the same way. Yes. I mean, that generational trauma, it is, it's a real thing. <laughs> it is. Well, let's talk about your own personal, like transformation. You are strong. You are a strong woman. <laughs> and like, I talked about your long ass legs. I mean, you could probably just be skinny, but you are strong. How did you go from long ass legs, Avery, to I can hip thrust, whatever it is you can hip thrust? <laughs> Um, honestly, years, like I said, it took, it took me a lot of years, but I think the biggest, most important part was the food yeah. and a lot of relationship and mindset work around food and around training in general, but shifting the idea of I'm working out just to build a butt, which was ultimately what my only goal was when I started, I did not care. I want, I was like, keep the freshman 15 off and build my boot, my booty. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> and now I really want to be functional. I want to be strong. And I'm actually currently working on my pre and postnatal certification right now. And it's so interesting to hear like what they say in the book is so many moms are not physically fit enough to lift a car seat into the car. 
to put their babies into their car or like it's a struggle to put them into a certain position after birth or like there are certain things that we can't do as women because we have not focused on strength ever before functionality and it creates all these problems in our lives like we have more arthritis and we can't take care of our kids and we can't pick them up when they get big and that was something that my mom did always model to me is like being healthy and being functional But then taking that mindset and showing myself, like, I want to be able to do those things in the future. I want to be able to be 50 and 60 and 70 and lifting badass weight because I want to and I can and I feel good. And I think that's a lot of mindset work. Um, But really, the answer when it comes down to actual physical changes, compound movements and cutting out the cardio, which I did a lot of and eating enough to make sure that my body really could sustain the, the muscle that I wanted to build. I find that to be one of the biggest light bulbs that that go off for women. Once they understand how much it actually takes to build muscle, like how much you need to be eating in order to build muscle. I mean, I'm not saying I've even convinced that many people yet. Maybe like three. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was like exaggerating. Like yeah. I'm slowly getting them to realize what their maintenance range is. So the whole what it actually takes to build muscle is almost like that's the next thing that I got to chip away at. I mean, you're just, you're cutting like at what? 2000 calories. Yeah. So my calories have never, my mom's calories are insane. My mom is a, she's competing. So my mom competed in bodybuilding this year. She was cutting on like 3000 calories a day. No way. Yeah. Because she moves so much and she already naturally has muscle and we already have like really fast metabolisms naturally. My mom is literally eating, she's eating 3000 calories right now and still losing body weight. Like we're trying to help her build muscle. I'm like, you have to stop moving. Throughout yeah, the that's day. What it's You're not going to be able to yeah. eat anymore. Um, I did not have that exact same experience because that's very rare that a woman, especially she's four inches taller than me. So, I mean, having muscle that's older and developed. And then on top of that, she moves most of her day and she has um, a really healthy, happy metabolism. My girl's out here eating a lot. I was the same. I had to eat a lot and I had to intentionally go out of my way to eat that much food to be able to build muscle. And I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, if I just eat more, I'm just going to put on body fat, which is not how that works. Like your body doesn't want to store fat. It's not going to just intentionally go out of its way to say, you know what? I don't really want to build muscle today. I'm going to just store this fat later. Like the way that it works is it's going to go towards the calories that you're burning throughout the day first. And it's going to go towards building the muscle that you've just torn and need to be repaired second. And then what it's going to go towards is fat later. So I think a lot of people think that we need to eat like, okay, 25, 26, 27, 3000 calories in order to well, actually back that up. People think that we need to eat like 1500 calories to put on fat and that you're not going to be putting on muscle when in reality, what you need to be doing is actually eating like 25, 2600 calories for some people to actually even be able to build muscle in the first place. So I think a lot of people have it backwards because the moment they see their body change, even a little bit, even if they're just full or they blow or their digestion is off or they're holding water, they immediately think I'm, I'm gaining fat and I need to stop. And that's not actually what's happening. So I think what's really important is 
teaching the science behind what's happening so that you can relieve a little bit of that stress of like, first of all, I promise as a coach that I know what I'm talking about. And I, I know that it's not how that works. And second, here's the science. So you can understand and you can feel confident in the decisions that you're making and know that you're on the right track and understand why your body is responding the way that it is. It's so true. So is this, tell me what are the biggest things that you speak about with your clients or the things that you're saying to like basically each of them, things that you repeat over and over? I think they're probably very similar to the ones that you struggle with. I have to tell clients a lot of times like, Hey, training seven days a week probably isn't going to benefit you. You got to cut it back to maybe three, four days because one, we're not consistent with even going the number of times that you're trying to go. And two, your body's under too much stress to be able to strength train that much, especially when you're eating 1500 calories. Like, I think a lot of people don't understand that eating that little of food is already a stressor on the body. And then on top of that, we live in an environment that is inherently stressful. And then on top of that, we're putting our bodies through exercise, which is going to also be stressful. And while some amount of stress is good, your body's not going to respond positively to that amount of stress without that amount of food to support that. So that's one of them. The next one is obviously food in general, just showing them that it is okay to eat carbs, that it is okay to have bread, that you can have sugar, that having fruit just because it has sugar in it is not a bad thing, that a lot of people don't know how to put together balanced meals. And maybe all we really need to do most of the time is improve the balance, not necessarily the foods that we're eating, but the balance around the foods that we're eating and improve the quantity and like amount of food that people are consuming each day is like those two things alone are going to completely change the way that you feel and the way that you look. Yeah. Those are, those are really the two is overtraining and under eating. I know. And that was, that was the one that I had to learn over and over again, the training one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with like, not so much the cardio, but just like, no, six days a week is fine. It's fine. (laughs) No, it's not Kylie. It is not fine. Yeah. No. And I still go through, I still go through some of that myself. I've pulled my training back. Um, I actually am only training three days a week and going to yoga once. So a total of four days of movement. And I've never had this little amount of movement, even in my own fitness journey. I went from training seven days a week to six days a week to five for a really long time. I love training five days a week. And then I switched to four and I was like, this is the least I've trained. And this is the best that I've looked. And this is the strongest I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. So I started to really, really see the benefits of rest and recovery when I did switch from four to five or from five to four. I feel like that was the biggest change. Um, and even still, I'm like, I don't know about three. Like, I, I really think maybe I should go back to four, but like just knowing where I'm at in life right now and the things that I have going on, I'm at my lowest. I'm so I'm in a cut right now. I'm at my lowest weight. I look my leanest. My digestion has been the best. I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up recovered for the first time in a long time. And the only thing that I've changed is I stopped tracking my calories and I pulled back one day of training. That's it. Wow. That is remarkable. Do you measure your recovery with your aura ring? I do. So I just got my aura ring and I do look at my sleep and I look at my recovery. And for the most part, my readiness is like 
it's pretty much on point most days, which is good. Um, the one thing I'm really working on is my restfulness while I sleep because I am a busy body in my brain and in my body. And I tend to do a lot. I'm sure you can see, I'm like moving my hands all over the place. Um, I do that in my sleep as well. So one thing that I've really been working on, and I think that that potentially could just be that I was overdoing it during the day. So at night, my body was still going. Mm. Um, but my restfulness has not been great. And the aura ring has really brought a lot of realizations to me like, oh, I move way too much while I sleep. It's so funny. I think about my son who like cannot sit still on the couch. And, I'll, you know, in my mind, my husband just like sit still. I'm like, no, that's his meat. That's like, that's why we're mm-hmm. fat. He's not like, because <laughs> he's got all that energy. Yeah. But let's talk about this. Like you mentioned, okay, where you're at in your life, what you've got going on. I feel like that ugly head of perfection rears itself for women. And they're like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, then I just might not go. I might as well just not go to the gym at all. If I can't go five days a week, well, that's right. really throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Do you see that with your clients as well? Yeah. So this is actually a conversation that my team of coaches had this morning, actually, because every year around this time, I notice the holidays, especially, or when school picks up and people are focusing on midterms or their kids go back to school or some, the weather changes, all of these little things really do impact how your mindset goes. And I feel like this time of year is when people get really overwhelmed and it can be even just small things. Like I had one client The other day, she was listing off all the things she was stressed and trying to do in a day. And I'm like, these aren't overwhelming things. It's how we're perceiving them because we have so many things on our list of things to do that we're overwhelmed about all of these things. So we talked a lot about overwhelm today. Um, And I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. But basically, the whole point of what we see is they're trying to hit these protocols, they're trying to hit these goals, they're trying to achieve all these things, and they're not doing it. And so what's really important for us to ask is, hey, what's going on that's creating overwhelm for you? Or what's causing you to not be able to adhere to what the protocols that we gave you are? And rather than be like, you need to do them, how can we tweak them or change them to make them a more achievable, realistic goal for you right now? And I think what I see the most difficulty is it's not the people who are just starting because they're like oh I have to go to the gym less like great I already you know I'm not even going right now so maybe going less is a better thing the people who have consistently gone four or five times a week and you're saying hey let's pull back for a second because you're too stressed and you're not showing up the way that you want to be and you're not able to recover the way that you need to and you're not eating the way that you normally were and so we're recognizing all these changes And a lot of it comes from stress and overwhelm. So let's take a step back. Together, we can work on improving the basics and then we can move forward from there. And a lot of people feel really guilty doing that. And they're like, no, I can do it. No, I can handle it. And I think that's when it comes to looking at your ego because really what it is, is it's not that you're not capable of doing more. You are, but it's not beneficial for you right now. And it's okay to say like, hey, maybe I need to do something a little bit different to be able to take five steps forward instead of just spinning my wheels in the same place. Wow, that is great. Your clients are really lucky. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so with the Freely Fit Coaching, how many coaches do you have working with you? So we have a total of six coaches, including myself. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them has a little bit of a different area of expertise. Um, but they're 
the most amazing women and they're so great and they all are just amazing coaches and we really it's crazy because we I met them in person two months ago for the first time like we see each other on zoom they live all across the United States as well none of us live in the same state um and I met all of them in person and I'm like wow we really all just connect and click so well it's like just the most seamless team I've ever been a part of and it's so special that is great so how can we work with you and your coaches yeah so you can find us on Instagram a lot of what we do is still through social media so you can find us at freely fit coaching on Instagram um we also now just branched our second profile out from our team we actually have two different programs so one of them is called restorative health you can find that one it's ff.restorativehealth and that one we just launched this week but we have been coaching women for the last year um, working with gut and hormone health related issues with our specific um, nutrient medical nutritionist on our team so you can find us on both profiles um, and then you can also obviously find me at Avery Weiler on Instagram um, there's applications in our bios. We talk about what we do, coaching, there's highlights. You can find all the information there. Um, but that's really where we spend a majority of our time. Great. And you, you guys are, do you all do one-on-one or is there any group coaching options? Yeah. So we actually just started group coaching as just an option. That's a little bit more affordable for people. And it's also, um, it's less accountability than doing like nutrition. So some people who really just don't struggle with the nutrition piece and just want a workout to follow or some training to do um, can do group as well. So we have group, we have one-to-one, and then we also have the restorative program. Well, and then the one thing I think is really great about you is you offer both new, I mean, you personally, I don't know if all of your coaches do, but you have the nutrition and the training. Yes. Yeah. So we all do nutrition and training and everything that we do is custom to the individual. So we look at your food, whether you're a tracker or you don't track calories and we figure out a nutritional protocol that works for you. Mm -hmm. Same thing with training. We figure out a protocol that works for you. It might be three days a week, five days a week. It might be a combination of yoga and training. It might be walking and training. It just depends on the individual, but everything that we do is custom to the person. I love that. And, you know, to your point, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in what does she do? What does she do? It doesn't matter what she does. You know, like I will never do a, what I eat in a day post because it's irrelevant. Right. It's so irrelevant. And it's also so boring, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, there is no one way, not only for me versus Avery, but where Avery's at in her life, where I'm at in my life, so let's, let's just get rid of this idea of the way it's supposed to be or should be and figure out what's going to actually work. Right. No. And I think that that's so important because that was the biggest mistake I made was I was eating like everybody else. I was training like everybody else. When I first got into the gym, I was just following my boyfriend around like a lost little sheep, like show me what to do. And I was training for his goals. So of course, like my upper body, I was like, my whole focus was building my glutes and he's up here doing like, you know, his bro splits five days a week, four of the days are upper body. And I'm like, why are my glutes not growing? Why? And I, he really did teach me so much, but I'm like, I'm not training for my own goals. And then I was doing, you know, hit workouts on Instagram. And I'm like, why is my whole body shrinking? And it's like, 
because at no point was I ever training for me and for my goals and my current experience level and the equipment that I have access to. And the moment you start doing that and focus on just yourself as an individual, that's when you're really going to see the change that you have been looking for and been trying for. Yeah. Well, and the last thing I want to ask you about, because you just briefly mentioned it, is you you stepped away from tracking for a little bit. So that's yeah. what I also have done. I just like, I mean, I've been doing it for long enough. Like I know yeah. what to eat. Yeah. I know how to eat. It's like, it's not enhancing my life in any way. Um, nothing has changed <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's just yeah. one less thing I have to do. I mean, I hesitate to say that because for some people, it is a tool that they really need to use to Absolutely. make sure they're eating enough. Yes. But how has your experience been with that so far? So I've had two different experiences actually, which I think is really interesting. And we're doing a group call on this tonight because I'm like, I just want to show our clients that we've had two different experiences. So when I say we, me and two of the other coaches on my team decided to sign up and invest in coaches of ourselves this year. And they have a little bit more of a bodybuilding style of approach to coaching. And we have a more lifestyle approach. So like our, not all of our clients track, not all of our clients need to hit five to the gram of whatever. Our coaches are a lot more, you know, like follow your protocols, do your shit, get it done because we're coaches and they know that that's what we can achieve. But I still felt like I had a worse relationship with tracking this time around, even being a coach who preaches food freedom, who talks about food and tracking, who knows how to coach macros and feels very confident in that. I still felt like this time around, my relationship with food was being hindered by tracking. Mm -hmm. The first time that I tracked, I tracked for years and I feel the very same as you. Like I know well enough how to put together a balanced meal. I do think tracking is a really great tool. And I don't know if I would have ever figured out maybe now, but that's seven years down the road that I wasn't eating enough. So I did need tracking as that tool to point out, okay, first of all, where's your protein girlfriend? And second of all, you're not eating anything (laughs) like you need to eat way more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the problem that I had with tracking that time was I was using the calculations that were on my phone to tell me how much I should be eating, not using what I actually like. I didn't know how to put together macros or calories. So I wasn't looking at, you know, where I currently was. at. I wasn't looking at my genetics. I wasn't looking at what my goals were. I was just, okay. I want to gain two pounds each week. I'll eat 2,400 calories. I went from probably eating 17, 1800 calories to 23, 2400 calories. Like, of course I'm going to put on a little bit of body fat because my body wasn't ready for that. And I was absolutely stuffed the entire time because I was eating five, 600 calories more. So that was kind of a rough start for me. But once I figured things out and I learned how to track, I do think it was a really good and helpful tool that taught me how to put together balanced meals. It did teach me how much I should be eating. And I did feel like I had a really good understanding of what a balanced plate looks like. Um, and then ultimately after that, I probably tracked for two years. And then for three years, I was intuitive and I loved being intuitive. I was like, I fully trust myself. I know how to put together meals. I know how to even increase my activity level and decrease my volume to see progress without tracking. So I would sometimes increase my volume when I wanted to build. I would sometimes decrease my volume when I wanted to lean out. And I felt like I saw the best progress doing that. Um, And I even still stand by that doing it this time around, because while I've seen good results, I think I've seen better results the moment I stopped. So this time around, I had a very athletic approach. 
and in terms of like being an athlete. And I was like, I'm going to really adhere to my protocols. I'm going to nail them, which I did the last time. But to me, the first time around, it was a game. I was like, this is fun. I'm learning. I get to test things out, see what works. This time I was like, I'm hitting these goals because I have specific reason to hit those goals. I was a lot more focused on the physique and the goal-driven side of things. Mm -hmm. And it did bring up some of those old patterns and behaviors and thoughts around food. And I was like, I don't think that this is it for me anymore because I am feeling that same way. And so when I took a step back, I was like, it just made me realize that I was starting to doubt myself and my ability to put together balanced meals and really know that I can do it by myself without tracking when I've done it for years already. So like, I do think there's a time and a place for it. I think there's a certain mindset for it. And I think that unless you're a competitor, you don't need to be eating and training like that. Um, I have zero interest in being a competitor. So I was not going about it in the right way, just given the coach that I had. Um, and I also, I think that at a certain point, you want to get to a place where you you can let go of tracking and say, I trust myself. I know how to do this. And this is not a long-term lifestyle for me. It's just a tool to get me there. Exactly. You know, I'll, I'll have to echo that a similar like experience. I don't uh, like snack on snacks in the house until I enter a fat loss phase in which I would track for that fat loss phase. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a different mindset. It's like the second I put myself in a deficit, I cannot eat enough of my son's cinnamon toast crunch. Nothing has changed. So that was another thing for me. It's like, I think I'm done with, with that, at least for like a year, two years, it just doesn't serve me. It puts me in a weird spot. And I just, I think we have to do it for long enough times. We get to know ourselves just Mm -hmm. so much about the learning. Yeah. And I think that you can do a really good job observing what your needs are and listening to your body. I think that's the most important piece that's missing when you do track your calories, which again, tracking is not wrong. There are many times and places where I, like a lot of our clients track and see really good results and want to and learn from that. But at the same time, I think it's really important to go in knowing this is a tool. This is to help me. And what I'm doing is the end goal is to get to an intuitive place. So while I'm tracking and while I'm practicing all of these things, I am also using my intuition. I'm listening to my body. I'm eating over my calories if I'm in a reverse and I need more food and I'm hungry rather than being like, okay, I'm at my calories for the day. I'm not eating anymore. I tell my clients, this is your at or above goal. If you're in a cut, that's going to look a little different. But if you are in a reverse diet, a maintenance phase, or any other bulk, you're allowed to eat above your calorie intake. That's not a line that you need to live under. And so even if you are in a cut and one day you're like, hey, I'm really freaking hungry, give yourself a refeed. Like it's not that big of a deal. But when you see those numbers and you choose to ignore your intuition, that's when it becomes those toxic behaviors. Yeah. So when you practice that intuition and then you get to let go of the tracking side of things, you're a lot more in tune with like, what are my hunger levels telling me? What are my, you know, cravings telling me? What do I actually need? And then right now I'm in a fat loss phase and I'm still seeing great results. And all I'm doing is increasing my activity and I'm keeping my food volume roughly where it was at when I was tracking. I'm still seeing results because I didn't change anything. I just let go of the tracking. I love it. And you guys, like, this is possible. This is what's out there for you. And I just want to bring that up because I know so many people cling to certain things and they just feel like, am I always going to have to do this? Do I always have to do this? No, (laughs) 
learn what you yeah. need to learn in every phase where you're in, take all that learning and we all will find our way. Right. Oh. Avery, yeah. gosh, you're the best. <laughs> I loved this. Me too. Well, I'm going to make sure everyone knows how to get a hold of you. I just, it's beautiful what you've created with the team that you have. And it's just so nice to know that you are a voice of reason out there. So thanks for doing what you do. Absolutely. And thank you for doing what you do. It's really cool to see that. And I'm I'm so proud that you're out here teaching, you know, women who really, I think that the mindset's even harder, the older that you've lived in this generation of diet culture and you get to still be that voice of reason too. So thank you for having me and thank you for doing what you do. And I've loved every minute of this. Let's connect when you move. Absolutely. We could go to yoga. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Avery. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining myself and Avery today. I know you got something out of that episode. And just a reminder, right? You don't have to work out all the time. You don't need to eat like a bird in order to get results. You should not be on a diet all the time. There is a better way that's going to cause less stress on your body and will actually get you feeling and looking the way that you want to. So don't forget to check out Avery on Instagram at Avery Weiler or on her coaching page with all of her other coaches, Freely Fit Coaching. Until next time, bye-bye.